This episode of Please Don't Tell Anyone is brought to you by BetterHelp. What are some things that you want to keep the same about yourself in 2024? Think opposite of New Year, New You. Around New Year's, we get obsessed about what we should change about ourselves versus expanding what we're already crushing. Find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. There is nothing that has changed my life more than therapy. I have been in therapy for over 10 years, and I can honestly say that you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now if it weren't for therapy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash PDT today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash PDT. Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. A gas trail from this pile of boxes and someone will light it and all these boxes will like explode. And then everyone just like, it's like, fuck yeah. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go on blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, please don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, I spent five summers working as a tree planter in the rural, rural wilderness of northern British Columbia. It saved my life and almost killed me at the same time. By day, I was doing one of the most physically and emotionally grueling jobs a person can do, working in the snow, the rain, and the heat while having scary encounters with bears, wasps, and ATVs, questioning my entire existence. And by night, I was sitting by bon- bonfires, taking drugs, having sex, and parting my face off with the greatest community of people I've ever met. So why don't we... Start from the beginning. I, I think I'm already really fascinated by your life, but how did you grow up and what led you to the northern British Columbia wilderness for five summers? Yeah, so I was born and raised in a small town in northern BC. And um, one of our biggest industries in BC alone is logging. So the way it kind of works is if one of the major logging companies, they have like sawmills, they produce lumber and timber. Um, So they have the rights to kind of log certain areas of the province. And so when they do log and like clear cut these areas, they're also required to replant them. And so that's when they have to like contract out tree planting companies in order to come replant these areas. So I've always kind of been aware that that was a thing around where I grew up. Um, You always see them. You always see the tree planters in town and they're just these grungy, dirty, smelly hippies and they're just... That's how they're stereotyped. So, yeah, I just always kind of knew it was a thing. I never really thought I would do it. And then I moved away for university and I was living in um, Victoria, which is on Vancouver Island. And I was living alone, doing university. And I just was, I don't know, I wasn't having the best time. I was a bit, I was a bit down for sure. Maybe feeling like a little bit lost. 
And uh, I had a couple friends who had planted, but I was just like, oh, I, I could never, I could never do that. And, Why did you um, think you could? I don't, because it's such an intimidating environment. There's like, I'll get more into it, but it's, yeah, it's extremely intimidating. Your the work is, you just hear about how hard it is all the time. And I was just like, there's no way, like I could never. And um, I was like scrolling Facebook one night, like laying in bed. I also like didn't have a ton of friends when I first moved to Victoria. So I spent a lot of time by myself probably why I was like not feeling great and I was scrolling Facebook one day and a friend of mine who um, worked for the company made a post and he was like looking for a couple planters to fill my crew um, for this summer rookies welcome message me and I was like fuck it yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna message him so I messaged him and was like hey man like any chance I could come try this out and he was like yeah, you're hired. <laughs> I was like, okay. And that was like, so the planting season starts in May. And this was like, I don't know, early April. Wow. I was like, oh, before, All we, right. before we dive into the planting season, just, I mean, this is like really ignorant of me, but so the lumber industry that you were talking about, sounds like it goes hand in hand with this planting industry. It what, does. Yeah. What does the majority of the lumber go towards? Probably building houses. I think a lot of it is exported. Yeah. Um, like the town I live in, I think, has one of the highest producing sawmills in the world. Wow. It's like our entire town's livelihood, basically. So do they have um, rules or regulations as to like for every tree cut down, there has to be X amount planted or? That's a good question. They log like a clear cut. And I think it kind of depends on the size of the clear cut and like what species naturally grew there and like what the terrain is like in order to determine like how many trees have to be replanted there but they always plant more than are actually going to survive huh. but I don't know what the survival rate is I don't think it's that high just because it's kind of tough I don't know because of the conditions I think so yeah and just like yeah I think for every I don't I wish I knew what the survival rate was off by hand but I don't think it's very high. So that's why you just plant like way more than are actually going to survive. And then you just hope that those trees will like reproduce and like the block will flourish again. And how, again, this is just like a science question. How long does it take once you plant a tree for it to be a full grown tree again? Oh, I think it's about maybe 70 or 80 years. Wow, that's crazy. So the trees that we plant are most of the time, this is solely from my experience like there are like different types of planting out there but mm -hmm. that's like the trees we're planting they are being used to um, be logged again Got so it. that's the hope is that we plant these trees in another 70 or 80 years they're going to be like ready to go to get logged all over again interesting it's kind of like yeah. a helping hand for the next generation of loggers yes um, okay cool sorry i uh, went down a science path no that's uh, all good so you you say to this guy he says you're hired you're in in Victoria Island at the time? Uh, in, in Victoria on Vancouver Island. On Vancouver Island. Yeah. And what happens next? I finished the school year, finished all my exams, kind of like terrified. I go home because like I, I still go to my parents' house um, from where I'm from. So I like went home and was like trying to pack and I was so stressed out because I'm like, I don't know what to bring. Because in planting, you like live in a camp, like you live in tents. For three months straight. In the middle of nowhere. 
in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, okay, like I, I'm an avid like camper, hiker, like outdoorsy person. Like I know how to like be outside. So that wasn't an issue. But yeah, it was just like, okay, like what do I bring? And I'm like trying to like, this is like pre, this is 2017. So like TikTok wasn't a thing yet. And TikTok has like all, I see planting videos all the time. Like, man, I wish I had this when I started. Wow, but, we have such before you pages. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so funny. But I was like trying to pack. I was like, what do I wear? Like, what do planters wear? I don't know. Like, do I bring, how much do I bring? Is it weird if I bring too much stuff? Like, I don't want to bring too little. It was like, I had no clue what I was doing. But luckily I had a couple of friends and they're like, oh, like, here's kind of like an idea of what you should bring in terms of like clothes and like whatnot. So my first season, I had my own car because you can like drive your own vehicle out to camp, which is really nice. And lots of people live in like their cars or their vans or tents or whatever they're comfortable in. So I have my car and then I had a tent as well. So I kind of used my car as like my closet storage space and everything stayed like dry and clean. And then I made my tent just like my giant like cozy bed, which nice. was for sure the way to do it. How far was the drive? When I first started, we were actually planting a couple hours south, which is still in the middle of nowhere. But I think from my house, our first camp was about maybe a three hour drive. Hmm. And you drive like, we went through a couple towns um, south and then you just like suddenly you're on the highway and you just like branch off onto this dirt road. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going down this dirt road now. So it was probably three hours to our, my very first camp, which was really intimidating. What did the day-to-day look like? Like, how did it go down the first day? <laughs> so I got to camp basically and was like terrified because the way the camp is set up, it's... Uh, there's like tents everywhere. Like there's like 50, 60 people at a planting camp. And so the way it works is I'll just describe the camp. Yeah, please. Um, so there's like a, we have a kitchen trailer and it's like this, it's like a, it's kind of like a food truck, but not really. You like tow it behind a truck and it's like this big industrial kitchen on the inside. So that's where the cooks obviously do their thing. We have a shower trailer. So it's again, like a big trailer and it's got all these little doors on it. And each door leads to like a shower. And I think there's like five showers for like 50 people. Um, you have two like giant, we call them nest tents. They're just like these like big, big ass tents. And one of them is for like food storage and like maybe hanging out. Um, the other one is kind of like where everyone eats. But if it's nice, you eat outside. Um, what else is there? There's also like everything is powered by like a big diesel generator. And there's usually, like, not cell service. When I first started, there was no, yeah, like, cell service or internet or anything. And by my last season, they were, like, introducing Wi-Fi into the camps, which was just a game changer. Yeah. Just, like, that little connection with the outside world. But anyways, I, like, drove into camp, and I was like, fuck, like, where do I go? This is scary. It was I came on their day off, so no one was working. So there was, like, quite a few people in camp. And I just, like, didn't know where to park my car, so I just, like, was like this is good enough like parked it I had a friend in that camp too so I found her and was like what do I do this is awkward and she was like you're fine just like set up your tent like you'll be good so I got all set up like met a few people and then I still hadn't seen my boss (laughs) so I like was going to bed I'm like I don't know where my boss is I haven't seen him I'm supposed to get up at 6 a.m I don't know what to do I don't know where to go so went to bed woke up they served breakfast at 6 a.m. So I got up and 
had breakfast and was just like so anxious and I like sat down at a random table and said like hello but in the planted community a lot of people are um French Canadian so of course I like sit down at the French table <laughs> and they're just like who the fuck are you I'm like so uncomfortable and then I eat my breakfast I like make my lunch they have like a big lunch table with all your lunch meats and everything set up so you like make yourself your sandwich or whatever make my lunch and then I'm like okay like now what everyone's going to their crew trucks for the day and I still haven't found my boss and then this girl comes up to me and she was like my saving grace that day she was so sweet and she's like you're new aren't you and I was like yeah (laughs) she was like okay like do you need like gear and I was like yeah so because when you're planting you wear these like bags on your hips to keep all your trees in and you have like a little tiny shovel I didn't have any of that yet and I was like supposed to be like going to work and she was like okay like yeah we'll like get you some so she like set me up and like got me all set up in my little bags and like my shovel and she was like trying to help me find my boss and finally found him he was like oh I didn't know you were here and I was like yeah yeah I'm here uh get in the truck like crew all piles into like a big truck it's like a big Ford F-350 and they've got these like big canopies on the back that they store all the trees in. Did you know how to plant a tree? Like, no. Were you, oh my God. Or were you putting actual, are they just like baby trees? They're like baby trees. They're like this big and they've got like a little, they're really cute. They've got like a little dirt plug on them and then it's just like this tiny little Christmas tree. And then basically is the thought that you just like dig a hole, put it in and then cover it all day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah all day. <laughs> That's like exactly what it is. And you. Wow. So planters get paid per tree they put in the ground. Oh, wow. So that's wow. kind of the biggest thing. And You're that's just trying price... to rip it. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the thing. It's like you are your own motivator. So it's like you're in charge of how much money you make. Wow. And the price per tree can really vary. So when I, my very first season, the lowest I was getting, like the base price was 11 cents per tree. And that's if the ground is really nice. Like if you, if it's like soft and it's easy to like put your shovel in the ground and it's like not that difficult, they have a lower price so that it's, cause then it's easier for you to plant more trees and make more money. But if the ground is like really rocky or like steep or there's logs and debris all over the ground from the logging, we also call that slash. So if you're like, the land is really slashy or, anything then the price is higher so like my first season it kind of varied anywhere between like 11 cents and like 25 cents so would you want to be easy ground or would you want it to be hard ground ultimately which made you make more money it depends some people are really good at hard ground because because you have to plant less trees they can just like go slower and kind of take their time and they're better at finding the like nicer spots to put a tree but when you're kind of inexperienced i think that the easier ground is it's well it's just easier because you just get to like fly but personally, yeah. like, as I got better at the job, I preferred the, like, harder ground that was worth more because you're not just destroying your body as much. Yeah. That's probably true. planters plant thousands of trees a day. Yeah. Is it like a, what's the record? Um, actually, I worked with the Guinness World Record holder. No way. He, How yeah. many plant? He did, I think it was like 20, it was like around 24,000 in 24 hours. No way. Yeah. How much money did he make? I, I wish I knew. I actually have no idea. Wait, but he's wait, like, gotta... if it was, say it was $11 a tree. 11, sorry, oh. 11 cents a tree. 
Yeah, but it would have been more than I think when he did it, the base price was probably fifteen cents. I'm gonna say it okay, was probably so fifteen cents. Fifteen cents a tree times and you said it was twenty four thousand? Yeah, it was around there. I'm probably doing this math. Three thousand six hundred dollars. Well, I mean that's about right. That, a day. <laughs> pretty good money. Yeah, it was yeah, like they had planned to like for him to break the world record. The guy's just a machine. Like it's absurd. I wonder um how many of the trees that he planted have survived. That's I think that's a really common question. Yeah. You should look um, it up. Like you should look up the video. It's pretty it's interesting. That's crazy. Okay, so you're in these wild conditions. I'm sure yeah. there are nice pretty days, but the Canadian wilderness can be pretty brutal from television shows that I've watched. <laughs> it is. So what uh what were some of your horror stories out there? My first year like I had nothing really scary happen, but just like the rain when it's like a cold, rainy day and you, your boss like drops you off to start planning for the day. Now you're just like alone and it's just like pouring rain and you're instantly soaked and you're cold and you just want to go home. But now you've got to like plant these trees. Yeah. It's pretty miserable. And um, the bugs are absolutely insane. Starting about late May, it's just... So you're swarmed by mosquitoes constantly. There's these little flies are called black flies and they're really teeny and you don't really feel them biting you until it's too late. And they always go for like behind your ears and like your eyes and stuff. Like I've pulled so many black flies, like literally out of my eyes. And what about the bears? How many bears did you see? So many bears. Really? I've seen a ridiculous amount of bears like on foot. And how close were you to them? Or, like, did you get scared? Um, I haven't had anything, like, super scary. I've had a lot of my friends, like, who have actually had, like, pretty intense bear encounters. But most of mine have been, like, the bears, like, instantly run away or I chased it away. Uh, Is when that I was... what you Well, you do, like, bear awareness. And I feel like everyone reacts differently. Like, when you see a bear, like, tec- technically you're supposed to, like be big and maybe like talk calmly to it but i just find them such a pain in the ass i would definitely like bang shit together and like yell at them and tell them to fuck off and whatnot but what's a what's a pain in the ass about them because they're just like they ruin your day because you're just like having a great day and then all of a sudden there's just this bear hanging around and you're like fuck like i need to plant and make money and now there's this bear that just like won't leave me alone yeah. not even and they obviously want to go for food so there was one time where all your trees are kept like there's a road going through like the cut block and all the trees are kind of kept on the road so you go on the land and then you come back to like get more trees and you go back out there's this bear and it had its head in my backpack and it was like ripping apart my lunch and I was like motherfucker I was probably like 15 feet away from it and once it saw me it like instantly bolted but I was just like like I was just mad because now I didn't have a lunch yeah. So this bear had like ripped all my Tupperwares out of my backpack and like spread it all everywhere. It and was ATVs? <laughs> yeah. So in my um, fourth and fifth year planting, I started running a crew. So I became like a, I was a crew lead. When you're a crew lead, your role is a lot different than when you're a planter. Because when you're a planter, your main job is to just plant trees. Plant your trees, you come home, you eat dinner, you go to bed. Pretty simple hard work but it's simple when you're a crew boss you're responsible for your planters so I had five planters on my crew and then myself 
So you're responsible for your crew's safety. You're responsible for making sure they always have trees because if they don't have trees, then they're not planting and they're not making money and then they're mad at you. So you have to make sure that they always have trees to plant. Um, you have to drive them to and from like the cut block, like the work site every day. Um, you have to plan your days for the next day. You have to load all your trees in your truck that you need for the next day. And so it's just like endless work. Like when you're a crew, you're working like 16 hours a day. And it's just like pretty draining. But a, lo- a big part of it is a lot of cut blocks you can't just access with a truck. Sometimes you need quads or ATVs. I had one really scary experience in particular where um, my route on the ATV was like there was this quite steep section. It was kind of like a bit of a gully. And I like looked at it and I told my supervisor, I was like, I'm not quadding that. Like, that's fucking scary. And he's like, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. He's just put all your weight forward, lean forward, and you'll be good. And I was like, man, if you say so. So you strap the boxes of trees on the quad to bring to all your planters. So I've got all these boxes strapped on this ATV. And I'm not, my supervisor's six foot four. Like, he's huge. I'm like quite small. And I'm like, yeah, okay, man, whatever. I'm driving up this hill with all these boxes on, trying to like put all my weight forward. And it's so steep. And I kind of chicken out because I get scared that I'm going to flip. So then I chicken out and then the quad starts rolling backwards and it turns sideways and then it flips and it just like rolls. And I like managed to jump off before it rolled, but then it like rolled down this hill and then all my boxes were everywhere. And there's like trees all over the ground and I've got to get them to my planters. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why do I do this job? And after that, I was just like, man, like that was, that was fucking scary. Yeah, that is scary. So you know, we, we jumped to year four in a sense, like after year one, like you decided to go back. And when you got there, you were in this lonely place. You had been kind of isolated, didn't weren't hanging out with a lot of people on Vancouver Island. You go to this place that's isolated, but you're now with tons of people. Yeah. And so to kind of the point of your the second part of your submission, how does this community start? Like what how does it change your life so there's a lot of partying that goes off in a planting camp and i think it's just it's how people kind of release all their steam at the end of like a long day so the company i work for we worked three-day shifts we'd work three days and then we'd have like our night off and then we'd have a day off and so um on the night off a lot of people just get fucking wild And so I was being exposed to like this whole new environment that I've never experienced before with like, there's a lot of drugs in camp as well, like a lot of like party drugs. So there's like so much drinking and there's so much drugs and like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, but you're all just around a bonfire doing the drugs. So are people just like getting high or tripping or being really drunk and, but the, your location is staying the same because it's not like you're like going out and going to club or anything. It's like, (laughs) oh yeah, you're just like, what? partying in the same spot with like 50 other people every three days who you see all the time yeah who you essentially live and work with so what do you what is the partying it's just doing the drugs and then just like playing are you playing games are you I mean I guess everyone's hooking up definitely yeah oh yeah there's a lot of Um, tree incest (laughs) there definitely is it's pretty funny but yeah you're kind of just so the, the boxes the trees come in, 
they're um, covered in this wax and it kind of, it makes them waterproof and more durable, but this wax is insanely flammable. So you, all the leftover boxes, like a lot of the times we burn them in our fires. So we'll have like some nights off, people will build like this, like pyramid of boxes, like massive, like 20 feet high. It's like probably a hundred boxes. And they'll like make like a gas trail from this pile of boxes and someone will light it and all these boxes will like explode. And then everyone just like, is like, fuck yeah. yeah. Then you just like <laughs> hang out around this cardboard box fire. <laughs> and there's always music. Like usually the camp has like a big speaker and someone's always playing music. Like people are sometimes playing drinking games, but it's a lot of, or we have like dance parties too sometimes. There's been a lot of like, topless dance parties just in the middle of nowhere yeah it's pretty when, intense um, do you guys worry about starting forest fires at all when there's yeah so uh there's definitely been times when i've been planting where there's a fire ban in effect just because of the conditions so when there's a fire ban like yeah we can't have a fire at all but if there's no mm-hmm. fire ban like we're not usually worried because our camps are usually in quite a huge like open area it'd it be like a big gravel pit or like a field so if you're doing a big fire in the middle of that, you're pretty okay. Yeah. What did like relationships look like? Did you get friends? Did you were you in a romantic relationships? Like how did that start to unfold? So my first season, it took me a while to really warm up just because I was so intimidated by everyone. Like I felt like there was a couple other first years in the camp, but it felt like everyone just had so much more experience to me and they were so much cooler and when in reality everything it's mostly just like 20 something year old university students paying for their education. Yeah. Um, but so it took me a while to really warm up. I wasn't really like going to sitting around at nights off. I was kind of just like going to bed. And then it was um, the one night that I know just like completely like changed. I was going, it was a night off and I was going to take my, my shower. And there was a group of these like older guys on my crew and they're like, we call them vets. Cause they're like, They've been doing it for like four or five years and they all have beers in their hand. And I'm assuming you know how to shotgun a beer. So they're all trying to like open the cans and they have their, their keys or whatever they're trying to use. And they're like, oh shit, we can't open these. And I have this weird talent where I'm able to open them with my thumb. Wow. So I can just punch my thumb through a beer can and for shotgunning purposes. So I like went up to them and was like, oh, you guys like, need a hand and I like grabbed all their cans and I was just like pop pop and they were like fuck who are you <laughs> and I was like I don't know and then I feel like it was that moment I was like I deserve to be here like I'm fun I'm cool I don't know why I'm hiding hmm. and so yeah it was kind of like after that I was like I'm gonna start socializing on the nights off and I actually started like trying to have more fun and it was super fun I mean I was pretty tame my first year I just, I drank a lot, but I wasn't, like, big into the the drugs the first season. When you talk about, like, questioning your existence or how it obviously almost killed you but also saved your life, like, how do you feel like the whole experience working there changed you? Well, you question your existence every day because you're doing this grueling job and it's the same thing. Every day there's bugs, it's hot, it's raining. So you're just like, why? Like, is this worth it? Is this worth the, like, mental strain I'm putting on myself? So, like, I feel like, yeah. It's funny, by the end of the season, everyone is so over it and everyone's so grumpy. 
fuck it. I'm so tired of this. Like, I'm fucking sick of this. Like, don't want to plant any more trees. And then you wake up and then you go and you plant more trees the next day. And it's a new day. Um, but at the same time, everyone keeps going back year after year. For me, it was just because, like, of the people. Like, you meet so many, like, interesting, fun people. And everyone is, like, their most raw version of themselves in this camp in the middle of the woods. And so there's no... There's no trying to like hide who you are, I guess, because everyone is just, yeah, so raw in a sense. And so everyone becomes tight like really quickly. Um, and that's really cool. Like all my closest friends are planters for the oh. most part, like still, even though I haven't done it in a couple of years. And it's, you know, it's interesting because it's a choice. It's like versus like being a waitress for the summer or, you know, a camp counselor or something like that. It's like choosing to do that grueling task. Like there was a part of you that wanted something going out there and it, it sounds like community and you were able to find that totally yeah and it was definitely i think it just like boosted my confidence so much like socially I feel like mm. i was a way more like social person when i came back because i just like was kind of like fuck it like i want to talk to people and i'm gonna do it like there's no i have to pretend i don't have to pretend i'm someone i'm not i don't have to be worried of people not liking me like who cares yeah so that's that awesome. was really, yeah, it was really cool in that sense, especially like my first year for sure. And then after that, it was just like got easier and easier to kind of like integrate into that social circle. And I didn't have any romantic relationships my first season, but after that, there's definitely a couple. Do you want to share any of those or are you willing to share <laughs> any of them? No, I totally <laughs> can. It's planting relationships are really funny. So it usually goes two people will like hook up on night off, like. It'd be like a thing. And then maybe they'll have like a sleepover after that or they'll like go on like a date where they just like hang out in someone's tent and watch a movie. And it's like after that, it's like you're suddenly like married. So you go yeah. from like being single in camp to someone like sleeping in your tent every night. Yeah. And it just like it happens so quickly. And it's just it's so funny the way it works. And so like when you're someone starts sleeping in your tent, essentially you're like, oh, you're you're bush married like <laughs> you're basically married and my second year I never was actually bush married but I had a few like I definitely hooked up with a few people so there's a lot my second year there's a lot of MDMA going around everyone gets goes on MDMA and everything gets a little lovey and touchy and flirty and I feel like I woke up my tennis times being like oh god damn it <laughs> There's a person in here, but no one I was ever like in love with my second year. My third year, I was bush married, which What's is just like of that? it's so fun. It's just like the it's so comforting out there. Um, so I kind of started, well, I guess, like seeing isn't the proper term, maybe it is. I don't know. I started seeing this one guy in our camp who I was actually friends with outside of planting as well. Um, we knew each other from university but we like worked for the same company. So we kind of started seeing each other and he be was like sleeping in my tent every night. And when you're just like, it was later in the season. So you're just so over it. Like you really want to go home. You're so sick of sleeping in a tent, but to have someone like come over every night and you just like bitch about your day and then you like go to sleep and then you wake up in this like gross environment, like at 5.30 in the morning to get up and go work again. 
but you're waking up with someone who you like like so it just makes it so much more enjoyable yeah so that was really that was really fun um and then but the thing is you're kind of in this bubble in a planting camp and everything is so exciting and there's no connection with the outside world and like life doesn't exist outside of planting when you're in it you don't know what's going on so then you try and make these relationships work in the outside world and suddenly it's like oh like you're trying to like set up dates like what don't go on a date when you're in a bush relationship or you're trying to like text this person and it just like doesn't work at least for me when when you guys came back it just wouldn't yeah it was kind of just like this obviously isn't the same yeah so we're still friends that's good what about year four and five um year four i was also bush married i ended up in like quite a serious (laughs) relationship um but he wasn't like it was fun but i knew it wasn't right and he was trying to make it work in the outside world and for some reason i was like yeah like we should try and make this work and we like moved in together and he just like wasn't nice to me at all and i was like oh this is this was dumb like we barely know each other like why did i move in with you yeah because it just like Things get serious so quickly, and then you're like, "Yeah, like we're good to move in together." It's like, "No, we're not. We've known each other for two months." Yeah. So we lived together for a little bit, and it ended really poorly. It was just like, I was like, basically like, I don't like you, <laughs> and I was like, "You need to go." Wow. And uh, that ended. We never really spoke again, which is fine. But it just like. There's some, a lot of people I know have had like planting relationships and they have worked and they're still together and they're completely in love and it's super cool. I've never had that. And I think a lot of people haven't had that. Like I'd say a majority of them fail. Yeah. Rather than succeed. But it's always cool when they do work out. What made you stop working there? Um, I was, it was time to get a real career, I guess. I was just over it. It's, it's a lot of work and it's your entire summer and the money is amazing. Like that's why people go as well. The community as well is like, you just make insane amounts of money, but there's a point where I'm just like, I'm done. Like I want to enjoy my summer. I want to have a life. It wasn't anything major that made me quit. I was just like, yeah, like five years is enough. Yeah. And it changed you in the way that you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What, what are you doing now? I'm an archeologist now. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. You actually like go on digs and find old stuff? I mean, it's not as exciting <laughs> as it sounds. But I mean, yeah, like I do find artifacts and whatnot. But it's not like ancient Egypt. It's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a metal detector? No, I don't. I've been really wanting a metal detector. <laughs> I just like beaches. I See, that's been on my For You page is people with metal detectors on beaches. And they I... find the crazy thing. I mean, I feel like you should get one. I f- your for you page is telling you something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, do you think you'll ever leave Canada, like northern Canada? Like, have you spent time outside of that type of environment, or does it really feel like home for you? It definitely feels like home. I have spent a lot of time elsewhere, like when I lived on Vancouver Island. Like, that's a lot different. And I've I've lived in a few places around um, British Columbia, but my job just kind of brought me back here mm-hmm. um with like my my career yeah and I I don't think that I'll be here permanently like there are a lot of like really cool beautiful places 
and the town I live in, there's not a lot of young people and it's pretty mill hick town kind of. So I don't think it's forever, but for now it's kind of where I'll stay, I guess. Yeah, but I do really yeah. like it up here. It's really beautiful. Is um is there anything that you want to cover that we didn't talk about? I have a couple more horror stories if you want to hear them. Tell me. I want the horror stories. When I was a crew boss, I actually had a planter go missing on me. And that was really terrifying. How did that happen? What's that story? So she, um, I like, I was new to this crew bossing role as well. Like I was so stressed out. I didn't know what I was doing. So it was like within my first week of taking on this role. And I had set um, this girl up. And I'd shown her, like, okay, like, you're going to plant here. Go for it. Like, she knew what she was doing. She was a second year. And then I left for a couple hours. And when I came back, um, the other girl that was kind of planting the same area was her. I was like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. Okay, I don't like that. I was like, okay, like, we'll just wait a bit longer and I'll come back. Is there, like, a buddy system? Like, are they supposed to stay together? No. So, like, they plant by themselves. But, um two people might be sharing, we call it a cache, where all the trees are kept. So two people yeah. might be sharing a cache, even though they're planting completely separate areas. Are there so rules like you want to be able to see somebody at all times or no? No. <laughs> Nothing like that. So, okay. but you do, eventually, because you come back to get more trees, like you do meet up with one, one another eventually. So this girl was like, I haven't seen her in a while. And like, I know she hasn't been back here. And I was like, okay, weird. We're giving it a little bit longer. I like went and did some more work, came back, saw the girl again she's like yeah she's still not back and I was like oh okay so I went into like her piece of the cut block we call it a piece I go into her piece and I don't see her and it's like pretty open like it's a clear cut like there's no standing trees and I can't find her and I'm like okay this is odd so I grab the other girl I said can you come with me um because I in case like something bad has happened so I start following her trees because that's like the easiest way to tell where someone went is you just follow their little path of trees that they've planted. Yeah. And I followed them and she had gone way beyond where she was supposed to. So in a, in a cut block, like you have this big wide open clear cut, but then the tree line is like the boundary kind of like, that's where you, you stop because that hasn't been cut. So you don't have to plant that. And it's like full on forest. And so like, I follow her trees. And I'm like, she went into the forest. Like what the heck? What's she must've got confused or lost. So I follow her trees like way into the bush and then all of a sudden they stop and there's just like no sign of her. And I was like, oh my God. So I start like screaming her name. I'm just like yelling at her like, where, where is she? Like, and I don't want to go too far into the bush because I don't want to get lost. Yeah. So I like come back out and I like get in my, and I'm like, we have radios. So like the crew bosses yeah. have radios to communicate with other crew bosses around. And I'm like radioing the other crew bosses about being like, has anyone seen so-and-so? Like, she's missing. I can't find her. Like, this is bad. Like, I was in full-blown panic mode. I was, like, crying. It was a nightmare. Um, I looked for her for probably an hour, and I go, and I drive up to find one of the other crew bosses to be like, this is what's happening. Like, we need to... What do we do? I don't know. And this girl, and then so I, I went to find another crew boss, and my planter who had gone missing was sitting on the road, and I was like, oh my god, like, where were you? And she, we both just started crying. And I was like, where, what happened? Like, where did you go? And I guess she had gotten confused and she had planted into the, the bush, like I had said. And then I guess at that point she had run into a bear. So she surprised a bear and this, her and the bear like surprised each other and they both bolted, but she like bolted in the wrong direction and kind of got lost. Hmm. 
And so she wandered, I'm going to say kilometers, but she went five kilometers like through the bush and ended up on another cut block that was being planted by an entirely different company. Whoa. So she, yeah. Thank she God? like stumped. Sorry. I said, thank God she ended up yeah, like, I know. Like some other people. I'm like stressed out, like telling the story. Oh my yeah. God. So she like ended up on this cut block where this other company was planting and they were like, like, who the fuck are you? She was like, who the fuck are you? You're not my crew. And they drove her back to us. And I like got her and I was like, she was like, is it okay if I like, don't plant the rest of the day? And I just sit on the truck. I was like, yeah, you're not like, you're not leaving my site. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that is crazy. Yeah, it was very scary. scary. So much can happen. I'm surprised that there aren't like more stories like that of people actually going missing or. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm sure there's a lot of planters who have pretty intense horror stories. Mm-hmm. But was that your yeah. worst one? That was a scary one for sure. I've also just, oh, another one. I was quadding. Also, when I was, all my bad stories happened when I was a crew boss. I guess it was, I don't know why. But I was on a quad and I was going to bring trees to one of my planters. And um, I like was on the quad and I came around a corner and there was this bear on the road. And so I stopped and was kind of like, oh, saves. And then it was like walking towards me. And I was like yelling at it. Like, I don't know, like waving my hand, like clap, like, fuck off and it was just like kept walking towards me and do you know what you know what a bear banger is where you like make noise it's like um it's kind of like a flare so it's like this little pen and it has a little cartridge and you like shoot it and Mm -hmm. it makes like a big loud popping noise and it's supposed to scare bears away so i had one of those on me so i like fired it off and it like literally did nothing the bear was just running (laughs) like walking towards me and i was like that okay cool and i was just like Fuck this. I just like started driving the quad at it and I was just get like get away from me and it like finally ran away. And I was like, yeah, like that's what I thought. So I go to find my planter and bring her trees. I'm like, oh yeah, like just FYI, there is a bear like just back there. It doesn't seem like he's threatening, so just be aware. And she was like, Yeah, okay, like thanks. I drive further down the road to go um speak to one of my other planters. And talk to him, whatever. 15 minutes later, I come back, back to this first girl. And she was sitting on, like, getting more trees at her cache. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I think that bear's back. And I was like, what? Where is it? And she was like, it's kind of just over there. And it was, like, 30 feet away, just, like, taking a nap in this little grassy area. She was like, yeah, he's just sleeping. And I was like, are you okay with that? (laughs) She was like, I don't know. He seems fine. And I was like okay so I kind of like looked at it and it put its head up and it looked at me and we just looked at each other and then it put its head back down to like continue sleeping I was like all right well enjoy your nap I guess yeah (laughs) not enough hibernating I guess I don't know yeah maybe but oh yeah so many stories like that but overall the job is just an insane thing it is that is an incredibly grueling thing that no one really thinks about yeah. Um, so I appreciate you telling your story. Um, do you want to give your favorite restaurant? <laughs> Can I do two? Sure, go for it. Is that okay? So, okay, if my friends ever listen to this, they're going to be like, wow, this is so fucking classic. But in Victoria, I, like, lived at this cafe called The Parsonage, and they have the best breakfast bagels I've ever had in my life, and I was obsessed there. I went there, like, three or four days a week. And such good oat milk lattes. And that place was like my life in university. 
and for like where I'm from well like the area I'm from mostly just because it's like the planting classic like there's always planters here like I've hung out here like there's always planters in there in the summer but it's um Granville's in Quesnel British Columbia and it's just this like little cafe but in the summer it is like overrun with planters on their day off like being smelly and using their internet nice what do you get there they have a pretty wide variety their poutine is really good for some reason okay poutine and it's like super basic like small town cafe but they do have pretty good coffee but it's just like i feel like i have to mention it because it's like yeah i swear it's like the planter day off hangout in quinnell If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.